Good morning. Happy Monday. And welcome to the 7 a.m. Overuse Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G. and I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Today's date is Monday, April 26, 2021. And today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 53. And the first paragraph, starting with logic is great stuff, just focusing on that one paragraph. Today's readers are, and thank you for Team Monday, Leon B, Kathy S, Nancy P, Pam R, Kim T, Newcomer Greeter, Claire E, and the host for the second unrecorded hour, Maria F. The reference number for yesterday's Sunday special edition on April 25th is 16,832. That's 16832. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that the people who suffer from compulsive overreading can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Pam R. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Pam. Good morning. Pam R., compulsive overeater from Texas. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you much, so much for letting me serve, and I pass. Thank you so much, Pam. Okay, I'm now going to ask for Kim T. to read the 12 Traditions. Go ahead, Kim. Hi, good morning. This is Kim T. Um, the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much for letting me me serve. I pass. Thank you so much, Kim. Okay, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 53 on the first paragraph, starting with logic is great stuff. And I'm going to ask Leon B to go ahead. Go ahead, Leon. Good morning. This is Leon B. Gratefully recovered um, from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Logic is great stuff. We liked it. We still like it. It is not by chance we were given the power to reason, to examine the evidence of our senses, and to draw conclusions. This is one of man's magnificent attributes. 
we agnostically inclined would not feel satisfied with a proposal which does not lend itself to reasonable approach and interpretation. Hence, we are at pains to tell why we think our present faith is reasonable, why we think it more sane and logical to believe than not to believe, why we say our former thinking was soft and mushy when we threw up our hands in doubt and said, we don't know. You know, I think about the um, the part where it says this reasonable approach and in, in, in interpretation and this whole thing about logic and reasoning. And before I came to OA, um, I really thought my, my well, actually while I was in OA, I thought my weight problem was was as simple as as mathematics, you know, and um and when I read this paragraph, I thought about I told the story before I thought about the time I was taking a biochemistry course, and we were learning about calories and how many calories it took to burn one pound and what basal metabolic rate meant and how many calories I needed to sustain that now logic said, you know this is simple, you know I just need to reduce my caloric intake by X calories daily, perform this exercise, which burns X calories daily, together multiply by seven days a week. I'll be creating a weekly caloric deficit of X calories. To lose 50 pounds, I need to burn 175,000 calories. And if I'm creating a 7,000 weekly caloric deficit, it will take me 25 weeks. And so I called my wife in and to, to my office and I showed her this whiteboard that was full of calculations. This is all, you know, all logic and reasoning. And I and I showed her this, and I showed her this in conclusion, and I said, this is all I have to do. And she just gave me this foreign look. And I just remember walking away from that board with this sense of hope. And I was walking straight to the pantry <laughs> so, so that I can get me, get me something to eat. The only reasoning that I had was that something was wrong with me, you know, and I had faith in God. You know, and, and and I believe that was not my problem. It has nothing to do with faith. But coming to this program, you know, I realized I needed help finding that power. And I'm telling you, or, or really putting me in touch or really getting to know the God of my understanding. But I'm telling you, when I got a guide, now there were some conditions that put me in position to be ready. And when we read ahead, we're going to see that this guy was placed in a position, but I was placed in this position to be ready. And that's, that's something that we all have to work out. But when I got a guide, especially a guide as handsome as mine, and I gave myself to these steps, I found more than God, which is really enough. Finding God, finding who really God is within me, I found life. I found this fellowship. I found a guiding force that has solved all of my problems, but I had to yield, you know, and if you're not there yet, it's okay. You know, it took me 13 years of my own logic and reasoning, and guess where it landed me? Right in these rooms of OA. You know, I'll have three years as of Friday, three years of abstinence, and I'm also turning 50, and I will tell you, I'm turn 50 on Friday, the same day, and I am living my best God-filled life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Leon, for getting us started. Okay, again, we're on page 53, first paragraph. Uh, although we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you have shared either on um, Thursday or Friday, if you wouldn't mind stepping back so we can let others share their experience, 
and strength and hope. I'm ready to take some names. Donna Ginger S. C. This is Larry okay. K. Melissa S. I think it was Sarah L. Johan N. Larry. Johan. Vanessa N. Dara L. Vanessa. Dara L. Clay. Okay. Vanessa. Didn't get Vanessa. You didn't get your last initial, but you can give that to me in a sec. Um, was that Claire? Yes, it was. Thank you. Okay, so I have Donna S. Ginger C. I think it was Larry K. Johan uh, M. Vanessa Dara L. Claire E. Anybody else? Melissa C. Did I miss? Melissa. Melissa C. Okay, great group. Here we go. Donna S., Ginger C., Larry K., K., Johan, Vanessa, Dara, Claire E., and Melissa C. Go ahead, Donna. Your turn. Please go ahead. Donna S., if you could unmute, press star one. Hi, good morning. I'm Donna S. I'm a compulsive overeater. But I'm in recovery, but I'm not cured. That paragraph, um, you know, when I first came into the rooms, I always tried to use logic. You know, you know, my um, my mind to figure out why I can't stop eating. I just, you know, there was had to be some kind of logical reason. You know, I'm plain, I'm plain and simple. I logically can figure out other things in my life but I couldn't logically do this. And it was like killing me. I wanted to find like a reason, like you were going to tell me something that was going to fix me. There was, there was just like a magic word that was going to fix this whole thing. And it just never came. I had to keep coming. I had to keep listening because my mind is twisted. It's not, it's not all there when it comes to, uh, and my addiction, my food addiction. So I kept coming, and I, I had to listen because I didn't want to listen. I was very willful, and you know, and it was still with the logic. There's always, there was always going to be something that was going to just make it right. But when I started listening and and getting a sponsor and listening exactly to what she told me to do, and doing my best to do that, and my perfect no no. But then my higher power came in the picture. I always had a higher power. I always had a God in my life. But, you know, like I hear in these rooms, like he's, it was a compartment where I didn't let him in when it came to compulsive overeating. I just didn't, just wouldn't let him in. So um, after I started working the steps, I slowly got my higher power in my life. And I saw the miracle start to happen. And that's all I have to share. Thank you. Thank you so much, Donna. All right, Ginger C., you're up. Oh, great. Thank you, Amy. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for your service. And good morning, everyone. God, I've missed this meeting so much. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. 
I'm almost crying. You just, you guys haven't left off and you haven't missed the beat. And thank you, God, because this is where the recovery began for me with that terrible nightmare of not being able to stop eating that crazy food that was killing me. So, um, just so grateful for East Coast time. I'm down in South Florida uh, with my children and just having all these amazing God experiences. And I just love this sentence, you know, um, meeting some reasonable approach and interpretation control people you know that's my makeup i got to know this i got to figure it out i got to understand this and and it's outside the synthetic knowledge it's not in my head it's not in my brain it resides in my heart and it's a connection and it's mysterious and miraculous and i am so grateful to be connected to the source today because with god i can do anything and everything and without god i'm nothing and it's amazing that i'm not eating again i'm in south florida you probably have heard my story and remember the pain around my mom. Well, I've gotten to see this beautiful woman again and see her for who she is and meet her where she's at, not expecting her to show up as something that I need or I think I need. And I love the ending of this. I don't know. I don't know anything about this life. God has it. God knows everything. And I know today because of that connection that I'm okay in this world, no matter what comes my way, no matter what circumstances are on me, I'm okay as long as I'm close and connected. I'm safe and protected. And again, thank God for the pain of the reality. Thank God for every beautiful bite because that's where my beginning began. It was taking that research. It was killing myself with a fork and a spoon that I could not put down. And I got so broken and so beaten that I finally said, I'm done. I'm out of ideas. Please help me. And that's where it begins. And I did not surrender the Food surrendered me. The food broke me. And it broke me not only into a place where I was flat and willing to go to any length for victory for this amazing experience, this thing called life, being in ginger skin and being comfortable within, starting to love myself and return home and reclaim this place that I've left so long ago because of the pain of addiction and eating. And again, it all began by all that research that I was taking. I never gave food the credit it deserved. I thought, well, I'm an alcoholic. It's not as bad as drinking and drugging. It's as bad as drinking and drugging. I got suicidal. I didn't know how to live. My greatest thought was to kill myself. So I am just in such gratitude and such awe that I can show up to these people, these active alcoholics still drinking in my life today, and again, love them and see them for who they are, and focus on the good, not the bad, and have their uppermost happiness. So with that, I pass, and I love you all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ginger C. Okay, Larry Kay, you have the floor. Uh, good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for, for your service. You know, um, I love the story. I was thinking about this. I love the story of the old woman, kind of a parable, um, who was, she was stooped over some thin sticks, you know, when a, when a young, young man came by and asked her what she was doing. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm planting some orange trees. And the young man said to her, you know, it's kind of a waste of time. You know, why bother? Um, you're an old woman and these saplings, you know, they're, they're, they're going to take years before they bear any fruit. And, and, and of course, you're going to be gone by then. And the old woman said, well, that's true enough but I don't plant these trees for myself. I plant them for those who come after me, just as those before me, you know, planted these trees that bear fruit that I eat today. 
See, to me, that's the kind of act of faith that works. And, you know, why is having faith reasonable? Well, I'll tell you why. Faith doesn't speak the language of the head, the intellect. No, faith speaks the language of the heart. And for me, faith is an expression of hope. You know, it's for something better. It's, it's more than a wish or a belief. Because while a belief is, is certainly rooted in mind, you know, faith is embedded in my heart. There's something deeper there. You know, don't we act in faith when there's no guarantee, there's no certainty when we arrive here? You know, I think of no one, no one really knows what kind of life an infant will have. Yet the last I checked, there's ladies on this line and there's, you know, there's people that are still having children. No one can know how the life of a, a partner, you have a partner, will turn out. Yet there's some sacred force that's kind of deep inside us that allows us to have a faith that a relationship with a partner may last a lifetime. Faith speaks the language of the heart. It's an expression of hope that goes beyond my conscious mind. It, it, it's, it's something that goes beyond the whims of my ego, beyond my fantasies, beyond my intellectual analysis. It's something we hold precious. That's why that's a faith that works. It's a foundational faith in God for me. And I've developed from that, I've developed a faith in you, our, our mutual potential, not yet fulfilled. Uh, so I'm, I'm grateful for a faith that works. Uh, and with that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Larry. Okay, Johan. Johan L. Johan M., please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Amy. This is Johan M. Uh, I'm like a Nancy, and I'm calling in from Falun in Sweden. Thank you so much for service, and uh, thanks for all the amazing shares. Uh, just amazing listening in. And a uh, great paragraph today as well. Um, I, I have always been a, a driven man, uh, a problem solver. And I learned from early age to take care of myself. And whenever there was a problem, I could take care of it somehow. Uh, but as this uh, disease progressed, as it does, uh, uh, things just got worse and worse. And I could, I could see that uh, what 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 I used for other problems, what I used to take care of of other things in life, did not work work on this. I uh, I tried diet after diet, method after method to to get to a solution. Uh, but in the end of the day, the, the the disease beat me into reason. I threw up my hands in the air and said, I don't know. <laughs> And uh, I am willing uh, to to uh, to get other ideas about this. I'm willing to take help. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to recover. Uh, and I jumped into this program with, with, with both feet and I never looked back. Uh, I worked through the steps. Um, I had a spiritual experience. And today I live one day at a time, uh, happy, joyous and free. So logic and reasoning problem solving and being driven all that is good but when it comes to this disease it's uh, pointless <laughs> i have to have a higher power uh, and like somebody else for me here put it so uh, incredibly beautiful that uh, fate of the heart that's amazing uh, and today i live in step 10 11 and 12 to the best of my ability and uh, to 
to to to stay recovered uh, because I cannot keep myself recovered. I cannot keep myself abstinent. Uh, but today I have a higher power that does all these things if I just stay close to him one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Johan. Vanessa, Vanessa, it's your turn. Hi, this is Vanessa N, as in Nancy, recovered from California. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for your service and for everybody on the line. And yeah, sanity and logic. Um, I also was one of those people who did all the reading and all the research and, you know, all the logical stuff. Um, and, you know, you would think that stopping to eat when I'm no longer hungry would be logical and definitely not eating when I'm in pain would be logical. But that type of logic certainly didn't apply to me. And that was complete insanity. Um, There was just no sanity that went hand in hand with that at all. And now it is the logic for me is no problem is, is following these steps, living this spiritual way of life. Um, being guided by my higher power who I know loves and supports me and provides me with everything that I need. So it is more sane and logical to believe than not to believe because logic definitely did not get me anywhere and it certainly didn't provide me with sanity. Um, But living this lifestyle, this spiritual solution, working these steps, um, listening to this line, sharing on it um, when possible, that has led me to sanity around food, and I'm extremely grateful. So thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Sorry about the timer interrupting there. Okay, Dara L., please go ahead. Uh, great. Thanks so much. This is Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia, and I love this reading today, and the shares have been so great. Um, I was just thinking about how there's no mystery in logic, you know, and every time I ever solved a problem, I thought I was going to be really happy and excited that I'd like figured something out or gotten to the bottom of something. But what has happened for me has been the exact opposite, that I I get to the end of a a difficult problem or a difficult issue in my life and um, solve it, figure it out. And I always think, you know, is this all there is? And that thought, is this all there is, has preceded every, almost every relapse I've ever had. Um, And I was thinking just how grateful I am that recovery is illogical, that it's miraculous. And, you know, I think I'm I'm an illogical junkie and a miracle junkie because the thing is, like, in the disease, my life was illogical. I was binging and purging. I was losing things and continuing to persist in, in the behavior. You know, it was totally illogical. And in recovery, my life is equally illogical, you know, like what I pray, I meditate, and suddenly, I'm free from this thing that has plagued me all my life. Like, what is that about? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm grateful that in this program, we talk about our conception of God. I hear a lot of people say, you know, my God, or my higher power. I I don't say that. Um, 
generally because I think about my conception of God. And to me, what that looks like is that like I can never fully know God. And that's beautiful that I get to wake up every day and seek this thing that is so unanswerable, this unanswerable question. And I get slivers, you know, of knowledge about God. And, um, and I'm grateful that, you know, I'll never figure it out. And I, I'll take love over logic any day. Um, and I'm grateful too that I'm not omnipotent, you know, and, and I always wanted to be when I was in the disease. I wanted to know everything. And um, yeah, I mean, our, our literature tells us logic is great stuff and God gave us brains to use and all of that. But it also tells me that the miracle, you know, that conception of God is, is deep, deep down within. Um, and, you know, and also the steps live in my heart, not in my head. So I'm so grateful that what I thought was my answer, you know, figuring it out has proved not to be. And that today I, I don't need to know. And that's the only way for someone like me to remain teachable. And so, yeah, thank you all so much for your service and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Dara. Okay, Claire E., your turn, and then followed by Melissa C., and then we'll take some more names. Again, on page 53, first paragraph, get ready. All right, Claire, go ahead. You have the floor. Thanks, everyone. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. Thank you to everybody that makes this meeting happen. Ah, oh, lovely paragraph again. And um, I've got written down the side of my book, you know, God gave us self-will and logic and reason. Uh, it's all about how I use that. And um you know, when I came into the program, I had to examine the evidence of the sense of my senses. You know, I had to look at the fact that I had eaten in a way that was completely insane. I had to look at um, the fact that certain foods, if I'd started eating them, I had some sort of physical abnormality. Um, so something happened to me that did not happen to a normal eater. Um, and I ended up eating vast, vast quantities of that substance um, because it triggered for me the phenomenon of craving. I had to look at my insanity, my, my, my mental obsession that just time and time again led me back to the food. And I had to draw conclusions from that. And the conclusion, the only conclusion I could draw when I was really beaten, and I loved what was said about food broke me. You know, that's so true for me. When I was desperate and I'm sitting cross-legged on the floor with bags around me at my mum's holiday home crying, you know, I had to draw the conclusion that I am powerless. My best thinking, my best logic got me to that position three and a half years ago you know that's that was that was the outcome of my logic of my reasoning of my decision making of my illness and you know thank god I did come to that conclusion and thank god I you know that whatever it was with my ego you know this sort of was smashed at that point just to say I don't know I don't know and you know what I think one of the most spiritual things I can say is I don't know you know it's a great place to be I'm surrendered I'm teachable my ego is right sized and I can be starting. I'm not bargaining. I'm not, you know, sort of paying Peter to pay Paul. I can actually just then start um, being taught how to actually get well. And, you know, I love the word sane and logical here because sane and logical is just what my illness was not, you know. It, it, and, and my life today, you know, for a large part is sane and logical because of this program and the connection I have to my higher power. You know, my food is sane and logical. My weight is sane and logical. You know, my the way I live, you know, I can now pause. I can seek direction. I can speak to other people. I can work a step. I can abstain from eating. I can spend time with my higher power. You know, so it does make it so much more sane and logical to believe and practice this program than not to believe. Whatever, 
you know, when I when I look at it on the wall, or as I'm used to in the rooms of, of, of OA, you know, the steps don't really make sense. It doesn't really look like a logical program. And yet I absolutely know in my heart that this is a sane and logical way for me to live my life because it's infinitely better than it was before. And not only do I get abstinence, but I get peace of mind. I get a sense of connection. I get a sense of purpose. I um, I get so many benefits from just believing rather than not believing. Um, so, yeah, can't trust my own thinking. And, you know, when I get to that place of I don't know, help me to set aside everything I think I know, then I can have an open mind and a new experience and a life, you know, that's infinitely better than it was when I was in the food. I will pass with that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Claire. Melissa C., you're up. Hey, thanks so much, Amy. Thank you for for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. Um, you know, I think like what a hypocrite I am because um, I tried. I loved schemes. I like the crazier the scheme when I was trying to manage and control my weight. The more expensive it was, the more like illogical it was. I was all in. If it cost money and it was crazy. I loved it, and I didn't even look at the evidence. It was like I didn't—I've never met one person who who did the cabbage soup diet and successfully maintained anything they lost. But I did it, right? And and same thing with like fenfen and and shakes and all kinds of crazy things I did, right? But yet I'm gonna like look at this from logic. You know, this oh this doesn't make sense. This God thing, and actually. You know, we're told there's nothing wrong with logic, and we don't have to throw it out, you know. And actually, this is reasonable. This is has, you know, sound validity. You know, I can, all I have to do is look at the evidence, right? I look at the evidence, and what I find out here is any person that has the recovery that I want, anybody that I've met along the way who has been set free, they all tell you that it's God. They all attribute it to this higher power. They all say it was done, you know, for them and not by them. You know, um, I today it's like I have freedom from food, you know, like other people here, a healthy body, a positive demeanor, you know, a, a, a mostly a quiet and joyful presence. Um, that didn't come from me, you know. I've met people in this program who've suffered loss, who've had hard circumstances, myself included, and every one of us has seemed to rise above our troubles. And all of us will tell you it's a higher power, right? So, like I say, if this is a scam, right, if this is unreasonable, if it's a scam and it's a hoax, well, I'll hold myself up as evidence, right? I'm 160-plus pounds lighter. Every single relationship in my life has improved, you know, I'm a better daughter, I'm a better sister, a wife, a mother, a neighbor, a teacher, a friend. I'm generally healthy in my thinking. I'm healthy in my body. Um, My fear has been diminished, you know. I feel really joyful, like 99% of the time, and I have a purpose in my life. And so, like, this is reasonable. Like, this is the evidence. This is what we get. And didn't come from cabbage soup, and it didn't come from fen-fen. It came from a belief in a higher power. Um, Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. 
Okay, we're ready to take some more names. Again, if you shared on Thursday or Friday, we ask that you let others share their experience, strength, and hope. So who would like to share? Lauren. Susan H. I missed that. There were two people I totally did not get. Rita Q. Lisa? Rita. Riza, okay. And then who else? Lauren A. Lauren. Yeah, sorry, you both came in at the same time. I couldn't hear you. Rebecca. Okay. Susan C. Susan C. No, it's okay. Anyone else? Going once, going twice. Lou B. from Texas. Was it Lou? Yes, ma'am. Lou B. Okay. Anyone else? All right, great group. Reza Q, Lauren A., Rebecca T., Susan C., Lou B. Go ahead, Reza. You have the floor. I think it was Reza. Hi, Hi, my name's Rita Q. I am ringing in from Manchester in the UK. Yeah, I really love this. Um, and, and I love logic. You know, I know when I switch the kettle on that the water is going to boil. And I knew that if I just ate a bit less and moved more, I would lose the weight. But I am a compulsive overeater. And I will always be a compulsive overeater. And the logic went out the window for that reason. You know, I don't know... I don't know how the God thing works, and I'm I always I'm reminded of the the scene in Indiana Jones when he he has to walk out on a on a plinth and he can't see it, and it's that faith for me. Faith is just, you know, it's God, it's humility, um, and God is love. And I just I love what, in that scene he steps forward and he can't see the bridge, but the bridge to God is there. The bridge, you know, the bridge to where he needs to be, and that's what I what I feel every day when I get up before my feet touch the ground, I ha- you know, I give my day to God. Um, and, I, and I really believe that he can do this for me because he's continued to do it for me. You know, I've released over 70 pounds. I've, you know, been absent now over two years. And I just, it's a miracle because I couldn't get out of the food. I just couldn't get out of the food for a long time. I'd had such a bad relapse. and put, had originally put on all the, all the weight I'd lost, 140 pounds, and I was back in, and I was sick and suffering. But God just does for me every single day what I can't do for myself. I'm going to say it's, it faces very much humility. It's about being my the best version I can be of myself to my husband, to my friends, to the people around me. And the only way I can do that is to take my direction from God. It's the only thing that works. And I'm so grateful every day now. I'm just, I wake up, I'm happy, joyous and free. And it's an absolute miracle. And I'm so glad to be here. It's the first time I've managed to unmute and share <laughs> over the last few months. And I'll just I'll just leave it there. I hope you all have a great day. Thanks. Thank you so much, Rita. Happy to have you. All right. Lauren A., please go ahead. Hi, this is Lauren. Is, is that who you just called? I did. Please go ahead. Okay. Sorry, while I was unmuted, I couldn't hear you. This is Lauren I get A. it. <laughs> from Minnesota and I'm just back in Minnesota and glad to be here. Um so logic is great stuff. Um and the when I was um 
first recovered from alcoholism, I was working for an engineering company, and I was talking to somebody about um, about recovery, and it was a person who is not an addict of any kind that I know of. And I said, it doesn't really make sense that, you know, working the steps and giving it to God would be the the solution to alcoholism. And what the guy said to me, I thought was amazing. He said, well, you know, getting getting into drugs and alcohol isn't logical. You know, that doesn't make any sense at all. So it, you know, kind of follows that, that the way out of it would not be, um, would not make sense, you know, at first glance. So um, I, I that, that stuck with me. And then, of course, it took me years to get to where I was in recovery in the food, unfortunately. And I was trying, you know, different things and, and convincing myself, yeah, this time this is going to work. And it never did. And I and I got to a point, oh, maybe 10 or so years ago, where I really knew what my food plan should be. And it really would work until it didn't. You know, it was a good food plan for me. I felt good. I felt like it, it um, you know, it was the one that would, uh, that I could, that I, that was um, sustainable. But, you know, the, the twofold part of the disease got me that um, I couldn't, I could not, stop from starting and and that's where where, that's where I needed God and when I sponsor people I always bring up two things and one is that no human power could have relieved our alcoholism and it's in the book and you know there's different ways that it's said and you know when things are repeated over and over in the big book we need to pay attention so I you know and my first human power of course is me that's going to work except that it doesn't and then you know Having other people uh, try to help me d- didn't work either. And then the other thing I really like to repeat is self-knowledge availed us nothing. And, you know, I think of the story of Fred, how, you know, he, he had it all together. He was really smart, real successful, and, he, and now, now I've got it, but, but except that he didn't. And that, that one also is um, repeated in different, you know, different phrases that the self-knowledge isn't the deal. It's, it's giving it to God. And that's the only thing that's ever worked for me, um, and that's what I try to tell other people. It doesn't, you know, it it's hard to um, to explain that one to somebody who really knows nothing about recovery from from addiction. But uh, we know it works. You know, we've seen the proof, and and I'm grateful for that. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lori. Okay, Rebecca. Rebecca, you're up. Rebecca T. Hi, this is Rebecca B. from Wisconsin. Uh, hence, Hello, we are Rebecca. Pains. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, please go ahead. Okay. Hence, we are at pains to tell why we think our present faith is reasonable, why we think it more sane and logical to believe than not to believe. As I've been listening to the shares this morning, it, it almost occurred to me um, listening to this meeting every morning, how could we not believe uh, that this works? How could we not believe that turning our life over to God, um, you know, can help us to recover? It just, the evidence just flows uh, through the experience of those who are sharing. Um, And this morning, I think, was just, has been a beautiful example of that. Um, And all the uh, crazy ideas and plans and designs that um, that I tried to do um, to to get to what I thought would be a happier place, a lighter place, never worked. 
um, and the idea of turning it over and um, having God guide me there, uh, you know, just for so many years seemed completely illogical. And and now I find every time I crack open that door and welcome God into any little corner of my life where I'm faced with indecision or where I'm just not quite sure how to handle something, um, he delivers. <laughs> it's just kind of uncanny, even in things that um, just seem like, why would you ever ask God about that? I, I, I've yet to find an area of my life where it doesn't make sense to invite God in. Um, you know, the key for me is um, to actually listen when he gives me that guidance. Um, but he's, you know, he always has the best solution. And I guess I just wanted to thank everyone who is evidence of the fact that this works um, and continues to share that with all of us. Um, and in addition to um, in addition to it being absolutely reasonable, once once I get to hear the recovery of everyone, I just also think it's a beacon of hope and freedom and a lightness of being and all the things that I was not when um, before I entered recovery and before I worked the steps. Um, I was not light. I was not full of hope. I did not feel free. I did not feel joy, um, and today I do, and, and, you know, more and more, the more that I work the program. So uh, I just was struck with the power of the evidence on this meeting, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Susan C., you are up. Please go ahead. Susan, press star one. Hi. Can you hear me? There you I can. Please go ahead. Okay, great. What comes to my mind in reading this is really like step one and step two. And um, it was very hard at times and not so hard sometimes, you know, to step one, admitting powerlessness. And um, I think from a young age, you know, I felt like, well, I can control this. I can control this. But um, what came to mind also was step two, came to believe the power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I didn't realize it was insane trying to, to first control other people from a young age and um, trying to control myself and then not thinking that binging and purging was insane and how it was so, it's so destructive in so many different ways. So reading the steps, listening to people, it's like opening my mind to, you know, a, being ready to surrender, seeing my powerlessness, um, having to admit defeat, and then, like, coming back to, like, a different way of thinking and being. But, and it happens, like, for me, through listening to the meetings every day, it's like I'll just feel different every day. 
emotionally and spiritually just feeling more peaceful. So I I feel very grateful and um, yeah, really. Even though there's like a fear based behind it, you know, like letting go of old ideas that um, I'm out of ideas. So um, just, uh, you know, trying to trust and listen to other people. So thank you. Thank you so much, Susan. All right, Lou, Lou B, please go ahead. Lou, press star one. I heard a Lou, a Lou B. Are you out there? Okay. Well, if you come back around, let me know. We have time for probably two. Wait, is that Lou? Okay. Well, we have time for about two. Okay. So, Christina. Christina C, I think it was. All right, one more person. Kathleen W. Kathleen W. Okay. Christina, go ahead. Hi, Christina J. from the state of Washington. Recovered for today and so grateful. Um, Yeah, God's doing for me what I can't do for myself. Every day for the last nine months, I've been able to be abstinent, and I never was able to be abstinent on my own accord. Um, having my step one experience and surrendering to listening to what this higher power spoke to me in that moment, which was take action, uh, make a call, was the beginning of trusting that I could trust that voice. And that voice led me to taking that action. And I saw the power of that power within me that I've surrendered to. I've been going through some stuff this past couple of weeks, had to surrender on deep, deep, deep levels. And I was in fear, confusion, and, you know, I'm human. So I get into these places, and I hurt. I hurt badly. I had to let go of something that was very precious to me in my life. And um, I'm still grieving over it. But the thing is, is that God had something better for us than that which we had to let go of. But I had to get up every morning and cry out to God. And when push came to shove at the last day where I had to actually give it up, I said, God, I don't know. Please help me. And I surrendered everything, and God helped me. And he takes this away every morning because I I have this anxious nature that's been with me since I was a little girl because I was born into a very uh, overly dramatic and sad household with a lot of emotional abuse and physical abuse. So as a child, I took in an anxiousness in my in my center, in my being. And that is still with me at night because a lot of stuff happened at night. So I wake up in the morning. I'm pretty effed up in the morning. And when I go to this power that I've taken in and surrendered to, it relieves me. If that's not proof enough, I don't know what is because I never think of the food anymore. I don't. I turn to this power and I cry out and I cultivate this relationship with this friend this thing that continually comforts me, and I get to turn to it during the day. I don't have to drop to my knees at work. I can silently and quietly bow my head. And if there's other people in the room, I can take a bathroom break. 
I continually call this in because it's my only hope for survival. You know, I'm going to die someday. Do I want to die in myself and my ego and my jealousies and my judgments? No, I want to be free of that stuff that drove me crazy for years and drove me to the food unknowingly. Unknowingly, I was selfish and self-centered and dishonest. I knew I was fearful. But I didn't know those other things, and now I know. I see those, and I can watch for them. This is a program of awareness, finding awareness of all these things, and God continues to show us. So so having faith in this thing, I, I don't need to prove it to myself anymore, and I can be a testimony to those who are still struggling to find that great personal relationship with that higher being, that higher self that lives within them. So um, right. thank you for letting me share. If you're out there <clears throat> and you're struggling to get in here, I, I say you want to know how to do it, just do it. Love you guys all. Bye-bye. Thanks, Christina. All right, Kathleen W., take us out. Hi, my name is Kathleen W. I'm from Illinois. Um, oh, my heavens, what a powerful meeting today. Um, it's just what I needed to hear. Uh, I have myself, I have never been a big fan of logic. I'm not really the sharpest tool in the, in the shed intellectually, Um I have been an addict all my life, and so logic has not been, you know, my my top priority. Uh, but I'll tell you something. Um, I've been abstinent um, from compulsive overeating for since September, but I, all of all of this anxiousness that the um, person before me spoke about, you know, I really relate to. I, I had had an anxious, fearful nature all of my life. And it comes upon me, it comes and goes, and it came upon me recently. And actually, uh, when I stopped eating compulsively, I think I started switching uh, addictions to shopping. And uh, I became more aware of that and ready to admit that recently. And when I I stopped doing that, I had these anxious, fearful emotions arise in me that were just, I I couldn't explain them. And I'll tell you, I... All I could do was go to God, and and this happened yesterday, and I just, I couldn't, I didn't feel peace, I couldn't feel joy, I couldn't feel um, hope. All I could feel was this horrible fear and this condemnation in my heart, um, and I'll tell you, God answered me. Just I just sat quietly in meditation. I finally just said, I, I just, all I can do is ask God, take this away from me. And um, I sat there quietly, and I just said, I'm just asking. I'm just knocking. I'm just seeking. Um, I'm, I'm just uh, asking that you open this door for me. And you know what? God did. God did in that moment, and it was unbelievable. Logically, I don't understand it, but one thing I did get to, to experience was the complete powerlessness of my uh, over my emotional state. And... That's where I've been all my life, completely powerless over that. And then I, I saw, as it was spoken, you know, who can, who can explain the miracle of, of God just removing these things? I cannot explain it, but I have experienced it, and I'm so grateful. Um, I did not know how to logically turn my life over to the care of God, you know, struggling, struggling with that. There's no logic to it, but when God answered my prayer just I asked and I said I'm just sitting here just as I am and I'm just asking and you know what there is that promise you know asking you shall receive 
And and then I did. And I'm just so grateful for it. And thank you so much for the shares today. Uh, with that, thank, thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome hour of study. I'd like to thank everyone who shared and for Team Monday for this month. Please join us for another second unrecorded awesome hour of study immediately following the closing and the newcomer reader announcements. The share ID for today, Monday, April 26, 7 a.m., is 16835. That's 16,835. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Kathy S., if you could go ahead and read that for us, that would be great. Thanks, Amy. Great meeting, everyone. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.